This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Property Solopreneur. And this week, it's all about being yourself and not trying to have somebody else's property business. Comparisons. Something that comes naturally to all of us. We can't help doing it because we're human. But if we're wanting to be successful in business, we absolutely have to stop doing it. Because property and doing property is not just about learning different techniques. Some people will not be successful at all doing property. And part of it is not because they can't understand how to do it, or they haven't got the money to do it, or they haven't actually even got the problems of trying to master new skills as they go along. No, I think the thing that stops them is the inability to be focused, being absolutely on track about what they're doing, what's right for them, because they spend too much of their time watching others. Now, I can't remember who said it, but it's one of those quotations that sticks in the brain. And it goes, stay in your lane. Comparison kills creativity and joy. I think that's brilliant because it does. If you know where you're going and how you're getting there and you just keep going down your lane, you're going to get there. Whereas if you suddenly have a quick diversion via a few other sort of spots, you might end up spending all your money and getting absolutely nowhere. And then you will not get to where you want to be. And it will kill creativity and joy. Because actually in property, you know, there's so much we could all be doing that would make us money. But would we enjoy it? Is it right for us? Well, probably not. And I think the property world falls into two very, very distinctive groups. The first is the people who find property and then they join networking groups and Facebook groups. They're very, very prolific at this and they're very involved and they attend some of the very comprehensive training companies who do, I have to say, an excellent job in showing and teaching just how many different ways you can make money in in property. And they enjoy every moment of it and they go every week or every month, whatever it is they're going to do for sometimes really quite long periods of, of time. And the second group, is the ones who also find property, still in property, but you know, they haven't encountered anybody else doing it. They find something quite by chance, they have an idea, they action it, and they do it. It works, they make money. So they get addicted to it because they do it again and again and again. Now that was me. And I have both types of these people in my accountability groups and strategy days, and they really do have a very different approach to what and how they're doing it. Because the ones who haven't found anybody else, they're lone wolves. And even when they do encounter a group of property clubbers who widely network and have been on many courses, they're frankly amazed. One of the questions I get asked is, how did they find these groups in the first place? Why did they feel the need to learn this stuff? Because there is a group of people, and I'm one of them, who just goes, right, how do I do it? What do I do? I might get it a little bit wrong when I start, but I have to get going. As opposed to, let me find someone who can teach me all of this, and then I will perfect it, and then I'll get going. But interestingly, those who work on their own often look at other people and go, why are they doing that? Why don't they just do X or Y? Because they're clearly unbelievably good at it. And stop messing about and changing changing lanes, so to speak, because the lone wolf just wants to perfect what they're doing and get better and better and better at it. 
And they don't bother with comparing themselves to anybody else. You know, why would the fact that the other person sitting beside them is brilliant at student lets put them off doing you know, single lets? Because they come from a place where the end goal is the dominant factor. And then they fit everything else around that. And even when they do go to property, you'll soon see them. They found everyone in the bar and they go home early. And when I ask them about this and go, why, why didn't you stay? Why didn't you come and you know, join in? They go, why? Talking about the same thing we talked about last week, this week, next week, month after. I'm not going to learn anything new. I'm not going to get anything that's going to help me. Frankly, I'd much prefer to go home and have a cup of tea and watch news at 10. It is very easy for them because they just don't feel the need to join in and to worry about what everybody else is doing or thinking. They're very, very comfortable in doing what they're doing and probably really, really successful at property. And surprisingly, it's probably not the only thing they're doing. And because they've got quite a full and busy life, the green-eyed monster and the comparisonitis doesn't have a chance to get going. But the other group that has started out right at the beginning, knowing that there's 101 ways to make property, unless they are absolutely razor sharp and focused, they're never going to reach El Dorado because they butterfly about doing one idea to another. They can be really, really, really busy. That's what's so upsetting to watch. But they're not actually achieving anything. Now, I do realise that this is a wild overgeneralisation, but there is actually quite a grain of truth in it when you work with as many people as I've seen over the years. And one of the things about the lone wolf is that they enjoy going to a property meeting once they get the hang of it, but they go there just for the evening and they will sit through a presentation about a new technique and they can see how much money can be made doing this or that. But the sirens call of huge quick profits totally silenced by their realism. They understand their lives and skills and they don't want to sacrifice time or effort to take on more risk or perhaps shorten their path to wealth because they've got a plan and they're delivering it. And the talk is seen as just that, a talk. Enjoyment, education, horizon broadening, but not a, oh my word, I've got to implement this kind of thing moment. Because business plans will only deliver the goods if you can action them and action goes wrong if you start comparing yourself to other people because you you don't know where they are even in the year because we don't all turn up to a business meeting or a bit you know networking group and go okay everybody i'm on day 220 of my year how's everybody else doing it doesn't work like that and the other problem is when you join in with any kind of property evening etc you're going to hear a success story from someone who you may quite rightly want to emulate but there are one or two problems that you've got to actually factor into the whole talk. The speaker may only have been in business for a couple of years, but perhaps they're earning seven figures. Well, they're clearly they're not a solopreneur, are they? Because they will have created a solid working support system, either a company with employees and a payroll, don't forget that, or they'll have crafted a team of very effective remote workers. They may not even have a family to work around or so they can just do what they like, work all day if they want, or they're supported by their family in such a way that they're free just to do property. You know, And the minutiae, the boring bits of home life are dealt with by the housekeeping fairies, etc. You've got to keep that all in your mind before you start comparing yourself. And of course, in all networking groups, it requires a flow of fresh, dynamic, inspiring people to give us all encouragement. Well, having been there, you have to find these people to come and talk at meetings, but we don't have a crystal ball. We have no idea what's going to happen next year. And just because somebody is able to stand at the front of the room and go, 
I've done X number of deals this year. I've made this amount of money. I've done this. I've done that. I've done the other. It doesn't mean to say that this time next year, they're going to be still with a viable company. They may not even be in property or they may be bankrupt or worse in jail. And I've seen all of those happen because they're only talking about what they've done and where they are now, but with no time factor or problems factored in for you to do a proper comparison. So just enjoy what they're telling you and think I too could achieve like that. Take the nugget and put it into practice in your company. Oh, and put it into practice in your company, not somebody else's. Now, it's well known that winners compare their achievement with their goals, not with somebody else's goals. So again, don't compare with somebody else. If you feel the need to compare, get your figures out from last year and see whether you've grown or shrunk against next year. Always keep yourself accountable that way, but don't compare yourself with somebody else. Because I think comparatonitis, it leads to self-doubt, slowing down a success and income. And in worst case scenario, you might just give up. And possibly you give up just as it's all going to start coming good for you. Why? Because you keep on changing trains. You're not doing one thing for long enough. And I think one of the really important things about property is we all come from a totally different place. I couldn't live in a city, frankly, for longer than you know a week or so without being driven mad. I'd feel hemmed in. And likewise, my friends who come to stay with me from the big smoke, they're aghast at how long it takes me to go shopping. You know, I can't just pop to a shop. It takes a while to get there. And in fact, in the local town, we still have half day closing on a Wednesday. Maybe old fashioned, but it works for us. You know, I've never had a takeaway delivered. It strikes me as being a really weird concept. In the time it takes to order and have something delivered, I could create something from scratch. You know, we're eight miles from the nearest restaurant that does takeaway, and it's not our favourite. And on a dark and stormy night, so to speak, there is absolutely no way that a stranger would find us, even with a sat-nav. So we don't all live the same lives. So we can't do comparisons. Now, you can compare other people's businesses, even in other companies and other sort of areas of life. And I had exactly that happen to me last week, because for many of you know, we're only five, I think it's five days away from our first wedding in our new wedding venue. And my husband and I, we were really thrilled with what we'd done. We we were on track to getting everything completed. We knew what we had left to do. And we were really very pleased with what we'd done. And then we attended an utterly sublime wedding last weekend at the Woodall Estate. It was in a marquee. Well, we do marquees, really big ones. We've got the space. So that's not a problem. They've got a wall garden and it is very beautiful, but it's a specific space. So same as us, we've got a specific space. So again, no worries there. But it was just the planting and the atmosphere and everything else that had been done to frame the reception and the party, even down to the signage that made such a difference to us. The wildflowers, you know, these have been planted and nurtured. Wildflower meadows, for those of you who don't know, don't happen overnight by accident. They actually take a lot of work. And these were just undulating in the wind and blowing. It was very mesmeratic. And the exterior lighting in the evening was superb. It was very atmospheric, ethereal, very, very practical, though, very clever. It led us all back to our coaches and cars at the end of the night without any of us getting lost. In short, to be quite honest, they were several years ahead of us. However, oh, the gloom and the despondency. We drove back to Suffolk thinking of all the things that we didn't think were going to work and weren't as good. But, you know, their client base is different. Their venue is very different. So why were we having a crisis of confidence? Because it's human nature. Well, you'll be glad to know that my gloom and doom has gone. And I'm now very much looking forward to Saturday 
I say looking forward to it, it's uh, with equal measure of terror and excitement. Because I now know that if a bride wants Parkland and Georgian architecture, then they'll have to go to the venue near us called The Wilderness, which can provide it. Our brides want a Tudor barn, paddocks and a Victorian farmyard. So why fret? Well, I think it's because by accident, we were comparing and comparison really is the death of peace and well-being. If we hadn't have gone to that wedding, wonderful though it was, we'd have been happy all week. So we all need to keep on our own lane. And in the era of social media, Steve Furtick could not have said a truer word. The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everybody else's highlight reel. That is so, so true. You know those little highlight carousels pop up on Instagram almost continually whilst you're scrolling through and they pump out success stories for everyone to see. It doesn't, however, show the three properties that made a loss. The project that went wildly over budget, not unless you suddenly found a way of making it work in the end. It doesn't say that a bit property business failed and is closed down. It just ceases to be. It doesn't appear in your feed. It's closed down. You know, you're not aware of it. And it has to be said that I've seen a lot of property businesses close over the years. So if you're not sure about what you should or could be doing, or you need to pin your colours to the mast, come and work with me through a strategy day or join an accountability group. Just DM me or send me an email to rachel at racheltroughton.com and I spell my name A-E-L. And let's get you in your groove, you know, working towards your goals and not trying to create somebody else's life and business. Forget about what they've achieved. It's what you can do and what you need to deliver. And the amazing thing is the more you keep in your lane, the more you will succeed. You'll do more projects and actually the better you get at it, you'll soon find yourself doing property in more ways than one automatically, simultaneously, you know, flipping, building, all this going on at once. And the more successful you become, the more fun you'll have. And then suddenly one day, you'll find that you're invited to speak to the group and you're the one that everyone is trying to emulate and copy. And you may still be going to yourself, little me, why am I speaking? I'm nowhere near as good as X, Y and Z. No, you may not be, but you're an awful lot better than everyone else behind you. And they are now looking to you going, oh, I wish I was as good as them. So I'll end by popping this thought into your head. If you continually compete with others, you become bitter. But if you continually compete with yourself, you'll become better. That is incredibly difficult to say, but it's absolutely true. So have a strategy, deliver your plan, succeed, and all will be well. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.